Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Johnston, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We actually have a lot of awesome things to celebrate. So first and foremost, NFL football kicks off tonight with the Texans taking on the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't believe that we've we've made it through. I know. And we have football again. I still, it's like too good to be true. I'm waiting for something horrible to happen within these like next couple days. <laughs> oh, I know. But like selfishly, so I'm sitting here like I'm so excited for Kansas. I, well, I'm so excited for football. Obviously, it's very exciting to see the Super Bowl champs play in the opening game. Yeah. But also, like, there's no way this isn't going to be a total slaughter, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's going to be a very boring game, but it's still football. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, as we've discussed before, like, it's a Thursday night game, so we can still be in bed at a decent hour. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know, we can all comfortably go to bed at halftime with the outcome <laughs> well in hand. And hey, if we have to stay up late, like, it's for good reasons. So. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe the Texans can, I mean, didn't they just sign Deshaun Watson to like crazy money? But also I was talking with Dave about this while we were walking Ruthie this morning and he pointed out that, you know, they're certainly going to be out for blood after their playoff game last year, which I like, I forgot about it. Like they had the oh, Chiefs right. in a corner and uh, the Chiefs came back and the rest is history. So maybe they have more motivation. Yeah. You know. Mahomes is sitting pretty. He's going to be in Kansas City for a very long time. <laughs> exactly. Maybe he'll be like slacking, like, eh, I'm paid. I'm locked down. But, you know, football is not the only thing happening right now. We are getting into the NBA finals or nearing the NBA finals and got some actually very exciting gender equality news from the NBA. So it was announced today that Doris Burke will reach yet another milestone later this month when she calls the conference and NBA finals for ESPN Radio, becoming the first woman to serve as a game analyst on any platform in NBA finals history. She's been covering the NBA for ESPN since 2003, And she also became the first woman to serve as a full-time network NBA game analyst in 2017. So, I mean, she's a legend. What else is there to say? There isn't anything else to (laughs) say. Like, she, I mean, I guess the only thing would be she deserved this long, long ago. And so I'm really excited that in this year of absolute pandemonium, we have this bright spot to look to because it is so, so well-deserved. And she is so, so good at her job. And I'm thrilled to be able to listen to her. I don't usually listen to like the NBA radio broadcast, but um, now we will. (laughs) I think that'll change this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm so happy that we're living in the time while she is still working because I just know that she's going to go down in history. I mean, for decades to come, ESPN's executive vice president called her a trailblazer. And she went on to say she continues to reimagine what is possible for women in broadcasting, and we know she'll thrive in this analyst role. So um, not just Doris, though, for NBA coverage. We also have Rachel Nichols, who will become the sideline reporter for the finals, and then Maria Taylor, who we all should know very well from uh, college football. She will be hosting the NBA Countdown show on ESPN. So a huge roster of women pretty much 
covering all of the finals. Yeah. And once again, the NBA, even in reporting for different networks, has proven itself to be the most progressive and diverse league. Once again, with these three outstanding women uh, who are covering the finals uh, and being very visible in their coverage of the finals. Um, But they are not the only league that we want to shout out on today's episode, but we will get back to those other leagues after the break. So stay tuned. So welcome back. Switching gears to the USTA, Serena Williams, Victoria Azarenka, and Svetlana Perankova made history Labor Day weekend by becoming the first trio of mothers to reach the quarterfinals of the Grand Slam. Uh, And that's the U.S. Open that is happening. Initially, there were nine mothers in the U.S. Open draw when the tournament got underway August 31st. This news pretty much came right before the Doris news. So like we said in the intro, it's been a really great week for gender equality in sports, which is why I really want to zone in on Serena here. Let's just, let's just start with this. Okay. Serena is a 23 time Grand Slam champion. She won the 2017 Australian Open title while pregnant with her daughter, Olympia. She defeated her sister, Venus, who later joked that it wasn't fair because it was two against one. Serena then made her return in March 2018, just six months after a complicated childbirth. She advanced to the Wimbledon final soon after and has been trying to tie legend Margaret Court's record of 24 major titles ever since. And she still does not get the respect that she deserves I mean, and we'll get into that later, but it just, it blows my mind. And then you hear, you know, these three amazing women who are also mothers are in one of the biggest sports finals in the world. It's amazing. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of weight directions that we can go with this. Uh, the first one is obviously looking at labor and gender equality for women, uh, especially in the U.S. You see these three amazing women who had to overcome the huge physical hurdle that birthing a human child produces <laughs> um, to get back to the top of their game. And not just the top of their game comparatively, but the top of women's tennis yeah. overall, um, which we've discussed on previous shows, is highly competitive and one of the most visible athletic fields for women in the world uh, with stars like Serena Williams and Maria Sharapova. But the other direction that I did just want to call out um, as we're talking about Serena and motherhood specifically is her status as a Grand Slam champ and as one of the most recognizable sports figures in the world were not enough uh, to overcome a severe disparity in care that she received when she delivered her child. I'm not sure if you all remember the story, but after Serena gave birth, she experienced a pulmonary embolism and the story came out, I believe it was in Vogue. Um, about how she knew that she had blood clots, pulmonary embolisms are nothing that are new for her. So she knew exactly what it felt like. And she told the doctor um, who didn't believe her, who ordered a test that was different than the one she knew she needed to receive. So she protested and said, no, I need to receive this other care. And the doctor was like, no, 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 no. And ultimately she turned out to be right. And I think the quote was, you should listen to Dr. Williams. (laughs) 
But in general, black women are some of the most marginalized members of our society when it comes to healthcare. Uh, they're often dismissed in care environments frequently in ways that, as we saw with Serena, can be life-threatening. We don't need to get into the host of issues that we're facing with women's health right now, but suffice to say that pregnancy can be dangerous and complicated, and that black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women, according to the CDC. I do want to reiterate the fact that after that complicated childbirth, like I said before, six months she, after that, she returned to the game. I mean, that six months. that's incredible. And I also want to point out that Serena Williams is a celebrity. She is known by everyone in the entire world. And she was still not given adequate care by her doctor. And you can only imagine the women of color who do not have that platform, the kind of care that they're getting, you know? So it's it's a whole nother th- issue that, again, we won't get into it too deeply, but I want to go back to Serena being disrespected, which happened earlier this week when Novak Djokovic was disqualified from the U.S. Open when he pulled a ball from his pocket and hit it toward the back of the court out of frustration and the ball hit a female line judge in the throat and she collapsed to the ground. So if you remember, Serena Williams was fined in the 2018 US Open because she broke her racket and for quote unquote verbal abuse of a chair umpire after calling him a thief and a liar, Um, which then, you know, caused a whole sexist conversation because Serena, like Serena said, she's heard men call chair umpires way worse things than a thief and a liar and they never got fined or in trouble so moving on Djokovic well I mean hold on just a minute like we witnessed Brian Kelly screaming at referees on a weekly basis during college football season you if you don't have to be well trained in reading lips to read the four letter words that he's shouting at them and I mean yes football is a different game there's a different expectation but like you know, you you certainly, to Serena's point, you have, especially on the men's side, people yelling much more obscene things. You have Novak Djokovic hitting a judge with a ball. Right. And yet Serena is the one who gets fined for, Thief you know, having these liar. Ex- ex- identical <laughs> temper tantrums that, you know. Like four-year-olds are allowed to time. say those words. <laughs> I mean, they're not... If, if the judge is offended by those words, then maybe, or not judge, but umpire, maybe he shouldn't have that job. Find a new career field, yeah. <laughs> but the that's not even the worst part. So Novak Djokovic was disqualified, and then came the headlines. So, for example, I sent one to you, Meredith, where it was the exact same reporter. He headlined this story, Novak Djokovic's excessive punishment is terrible for U.S. Open. Okay. When it happened to Serena, he headlined it, Serena acts like a sore loser. More headlines. I have more. I have them all lined up. Serena Williams' temper is building ugly U.S. Open legacy. Serena Williams unleashes furious rant at umpire as she loses U.S. Open. And then you have... For the love of God, I hope your next headline includes the word aggressive because I'm going to lose my mind. No. And then you have Novak Djokovic Novak Djokovic apologizes after hitting line judge with ball at US Open. 
Novak Djokovic possesses a volcanic intensity, but sometimes that fire shows itself in unflattering ways. Like, these are all major publications. And just the slight change of words just paints a whole different picture for both athletes. Yawn. Serena Williams is a fierce competitor. Right. And we can leave it at that. So Serena Williams and Victoria Azarenka, on the more positive note, will meet for the 23rd time inside Arthur Ashe Stadium Thursday night in the U.S. Open semifinals, a rematch of their 2012 and 2013 U.S. Open finals, both of which were won by Williams. So you're going to know the results of that match by the time you're listening to this podcast when it goes live. But best of luck to both women. And frankly, like, just thank thanks to both Serena and Victoria for being incredible role models for girls nowadays um, who aspire to be tennis professionals or something else. And thank you for demonstrating that even as moms, you can still reach the pinnacle of your career fields. That was a perfect shout out by you, but do you have another one to end the show? I I actually do. Um, I want to give a shout out to Nicole Auerbach. She is, yeah, (laughs) she is a reporter for The Athletic, if you do not know that. Um, And frankly, she's been uh, one of Tia and my favorite sources and people to follow in general on Twitter. And she's been doing an amazing job throughout the pandemic of keeping a super level head and reporting sports. And she's frankly been taking a lot of heat. If you read a lot of the comments, there's a lot of I will call them out uh, because she probably won't. There's a lot of ignorant people who uh, are very much missing the forest through the trees with her reporting. So just want to give her a shout out very publicly and let her know that she's doing a great job. And thank you for continuing uh, to do, like Victoria and Serena, such an excellent job at the work you have chosen. Yeah, I totally second that. I am going to go ahead and be cheesy and shout out my husband who has been in training camp for the past, what, four weeks, and they have been 12-hour days, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. with one day off a week, Um, and now we are finally just days away from their season opener, and I can tell he's getting more excited. I feel like he was, like, about ready to quit there for a second, so (laughs) we made it. Hopefully, the season will be a success both on the field and health-wise. But yeah, that is all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Johnston underscore, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and the site at LeanGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.